Have you ever felt like you've spent all day at the doors and you're just not getting the results that you expected? Largely in part because of your mindset, you're dealing with the death in the family, a breakup, the grief, the sadness, and the frustration is just weighing you down and you can't bring your best. Well, you're not alone. And that's why I'm publishing this interview. This interview with Aaron is the first of a brand new series I'm experimenting with called Roofing Sales Rescue, where I'm providing a one-on-one coaching session to a member of the Pitch Pro Movement, that's the community and mastermind that I run, and I'm airing those here on YouTube so you can experience those personal breakthroughs for yourself because your story is probably just like Aaron's. And I'm doing this series because I want you to know that you're not alone. And in this business, we often feel like we're the only one struggling or the only one suffering, and it's just not the case. So in this episode, Aaron and I are gonna do some role play. You're gonna watch breakthroughs happen of refining his pitch, his approach at the door, where he's spending his time in the neighborhoods, and a personal discussion about the mental roadblocks and grief that's been holding Aaron back. And I truly hope that it helps you. So let's get started. So format that we'll be doing today is uh, think of this like a, a coaching session to plug the massive hole in your sales right now, Aaron. And everyone has one. I have them in my own business. I'm actually working through those as we speak. But when we approach our growth in sales, I, I want to think like if you're on a sinking ship and there's three holes, basketball size, tennis ball size, and ping pong ball size, what are we going to plug first? basketball size hole. And for all of us, it's in different areas. So I just want to hear from you. What's the basketball size hole in your business and in your sales right now? Um, I guess generating more leads. Um, that way I could close more. It's just generating more sales in general right now at the moment. Perfect. And if you were to put a percentage of time that you're spending um, on the doors, how what percent of your time do you spend door knocking right now? Well, uh, percentage wise, uh, I mean, I I know hourly wise, I'm out there uh, anywhere from four, four to five hours, um, and that's that's about a five five uh five days throughout the week, okay. sometimes six, sometimes six. That's awesome. So five to six hours a day knocking doors. And what's the what's the sticking point then? Because when I hear that. The first thing that I'm looking for, by the way, is there's three things. One, if someone's not doing the work, which you are, so that's not a factor, right? That's factor number one. Mm -hmm. If you said I'm doing it 30 minutes a day, like that, that's a different discussion, but you're doing this already a lot. So mm -hmm. tell me what's happening at the doors. Like what, what kind of feedback are you getting? Well, I'm getting a lot right now because as I'm working uh, Claremont area after the huge hailstorm. Um, I'm getting a lot of feedbacks basically of, oh, I have my contractor already uh, mm -hmm. set in stone. We have a contract. Um, I'm getting a lot of feedbacks of even houses that are, look 20 years old, obviously got damaged. You can see it from the ground up. Um, those people are running into a lot of people that don't want to go through insurance um, as well. Uh, but basically, she's just you know more or less and i do get my not interested you know i'm not interested at the moment um you know you could go away stuff like that but you know here and there uh but majority is just those three just you know i already have my contractor uh working with um and stuff like that so those are the okay. biggest so we, uh, we've got i already have a i'm putting these in the chat I already have a contractor and then we've got uh, i don't want to go through insurance mm -hmm. and what was the final one again 
the final one was um that they don't basically they're not interested at the moment so don't they don't even yeah got it okay so a couple things we want to dial into these pretty pretty focused so first if folks already have a contract there's not much we can do on that front and i know that other people might tell you otherwise but my belief is there a chance that a homeowner could be bluffing you just to get you off their doorstep of course if there's a yard sign in front or something then we want to take that at face value and 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 not poach other people's projects um if you start to hear that a lot that will tell me on that event find a new neighborhood and when we're working especially a bigger storm everyone is working off the same information we have to remember that so everyone's got the same hill maps same subscriptions mm -hmm. And they're doing the exact same thing that you're doing, which is you open the map, you're scouting where the big hail fell, fall, what are the biggest houses I can target? And what I like to do actually is after that stuff's gobbled up, that becomes a bit of a war zone. I'm looking for more of those fringe areas where there's going to be less competition. So I start working further out on the storms. And especially in a market like where you're working, there have been hailstorms. It might've been five years ago, but if you start working on more of the fringe areas of that map, you're going to see there's less competition and there's very likely going to be some additional additional damage from previous storms that are on there that are basically reopened, so to speak, due to the new storm date. And it's very difficult to discern what's old, what's new. Um, and then we'll go through this in a bit more detail. Next, I want to dial into, I don't want to go through insurance. So tell me more, like, when is that coming up from the homeowner when they tell you that they don't want to go through insurance? Um, when I, when I, talk when i'm talking to them about what my inspections consist of um mm -hmm. so i'm letting them know hey my inspection is not like every other uh roofer inspection that you kind of run into uh, you know i will show you a photo report video report mm -hmm. um at that moment they're they're kind of noticing that because i let them know hey you're gonna have a full photo report after i'm finished um and then i'll walk you through the steps by steps as to what you can do um, that's when they kind of, Hey, well, right then and there is they hit me with the, or oh, I don't want to go through insurance. Uh, just give me an estimate. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this tells us something. This is what, what we call selling too soon. And when we, when we approach a, a sales dialogue, we have to think of it like advancing the, advancing the ball in football. Okay. So for this analogy, let's say I receive a kick and it's on a one yard line. And I'm, I'm way deep, right? I run the ball. Now I'm at the 20. And right there, that's knocking at the door if they kept you in conversation. Then you do your pitch and you're at the 30-yard line. And you're saying, hey, you know, do you have any objection if I hop on your roof for complimentary inspection? They let you on your roof. We're advancing the sale. They get off the roof. We're advancing the sale by getting in inside the house, right, to present. Right. And then we're advancing the sale to get them to take ownership of the damage. And then we're advancing the sale into how we can help. So every little step, we're trying to advance the ball one step at a time. And if we try to share too much information up front, bringing up the insurance up front, that's what backfires. And my guess is if if we and I'm going to do a little role play with you if you're okay with it on yeah. how to how we can adjust your pitch to give them just enough information where they're almost on the edge of their seat the whole time and there's no there's no closure and the reason that we want to do that is if we share too much too soon they're going to jump to a conclusion and get defensive. And what we need to remember is, is our, our objectives in this order are, number one, show up at the house and don't get kicked off the doorstep, right? Get that sure. conversation started. Step number two, get up on the roof. Yeah. Step number three, get inside the house so you can show them the photos. 
Step number four, use framing to get the homeowner to I to take ownership of that problem because we don't want to tell them that the roof is messed up. Step five, yeah. we transition to our pitch. And in that transition, when we transition to our pitch, that's where we're going to overcome their biggest objections, which is the deductible and the insurance process. And when we do that process in order, now you'll notice that we're saving that insurance talk till we're in the home. But if we bring it up early, many people think with, the, with what they're going through and we put ourselves in their shoes is, hey, this stranger is showing up and he wants me to like use my insurance and file a claim and take the money. So we just want to pump the brakes on that discussion. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So let's do a little role play for a minute. Let's say I'm the homeowner and uh, I'm going to have you knock on my door. I'll do the knock, knock, and then just roll with it and share with me how you're doing it in, in real time. So let's Hold go. Uh, yeah. Hello. How can I help you? Hey, how you doing, sir? My name is um, Aaron Perella. Um, just wanted to stop by, say hi to you real quickly, because um, I just left your neighbor's house. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. Her name is Peggy. Um, and uh, are you familiar with her by any chance, sir? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I've, I've known a little bit. We met and we moved in, but not super that, close at all. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great to hear. So um, reason why I'm stopping by, and again, I'll, I'll be super brief. I just left her house uh, after doing an inspection um, on her roof. Um, I actually uh, showed her what her roof looked like um, after the storm, since there was a, a big hailstorm here that happened not too long ago. Um, I'm sure you're aware of that as well. Um, but it's causing a lot of, uh, of, in your neighborhood specifically, caused a lot of damage here. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of see where you are in the process. Has anybody come by and, you know, taken a look at your roof, uh, done an inspection or anything like that um, recently? Yeah, pause. Awesome. So the reason that I cut that off, because that's all we need is just that first intro. What I would recommend is when you end your pitch, try to shorten it up just a little bit. And the reason I say that is I, I went through the same thing, especially when I started doing this, that I just really wanted to like keep the conversation going. And I'd shift into like what I'd call nice guy mode, just like trying to keep them in conversation versus kind of getting straight to the point. So um, I'll give you an example of, of how I, I do it. So if you're the homeowner and, and there's a knock, uh, hey, you know, how you doing? Listen, uh, my name's Adam. I know I'm stopping by unannounced. I just left Peggy's house about four doors down. And the reason I'm in the neighborhood is we're actually helping her with her roof through this process after that that big old storm. And I couldn't help but notice your roof's about the same age as hers. Uh, where are you guys at in the process? And you see how, much, how tighter I can make that. And I still hit all those key points, right? I said, hey, right. I let them know why I was there. I made it familiar. I made it really familiar with their neighborhood. And I just, I, I assimilated your house is just like hers. That's why I stopped by where you guys are at in the process. And at that point, my main mission, if we look at what our main goal is at the door, it's, it's really people overcomplicate it. And I'm not implying you're overcomplicating it, but many people do. And our main goal at the door is to get the homeowner to share with us in one question, the single most valuable information that we can have, which is where are you in this process? Stage one, no claim. And they either unaware of damage or they need your help. Stage two, partial coverage. The insurance company already came out. They're paying for a few small repairs. Do they Are they happy with that outcome or are they angry about that outcome? Stage three, denial. Have they been denied by their insurance? And they said, hey, we're good. Insurance company came out, said we're in good hands. We have no damage, right? Or they irate. And then the fourth is I'm sitting on a check from the insurance company because depending on how they respond, everything that I share after that is going to be very different. 
And if I don't get to that point really quickly, I'm going to be selling the wrong thing. Like the analogy you've probably heard me use before, I'm selling the Mercedes AMG convertible with heated seats in Miami. The heated seats make sense in Denver, but not in Miami. So when I just kind of cut right to it and assimilate the properties, hey, your your roof's about the same age. It might even be the same shingle as Peggy's and we're doing her roof. Where are you guys at in the process? And right away, because it's an open-ended question, what happens with shorter, tighter questions get complex answers and complex questions actually get simple answers. So if I fumble through the question and say things like, Hey, you know, I wanted to stop by and, and ask like, you know, you know, if you talk to anybody, has anybody stopped by where, where are you at? Like, that's not just boom, straight to the point. And that's why I want to get straight to it. Where are you at in the process? And then how they respond will vary. They'll be like, what process are you talking about? And bingo, just like that, you know, great. So it sounds like I'm probably the first person you've spoken with. And you now have so much information by listening actively that they they don't know about it. You're the first person there. And now you got to speak to this as if they, they are unaware of the problem. Whereas if they say, my insurance company was already out, I just want an estimate bingo. We don't have to talk about that yet. Say, great. I'd be more than happy to help you through this process. Step one is for me to better understand your roof and your needs would be to do my own inspection and provide some photo and video. Uh, Do you have any objection? If I grab my ladder, I'll hop up, take me about 10 minutes and I'll show you what I find. And we'll, we'll talk from there. And now we have our way onto the roof. We come down and we can then use that information to then transition. We don't want to overcome that objection of we're not going to give you an estimate because they don't need one. I know you guys are in Florida. So of course, you know, you have that, that component there, but do you see what I mean on getting really pointed with that question helps them reveal that information. And now, you know, exactly what's going on. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I I love how you uh, cut it down because I, I call myself talking too. uh, sometimes to catch myself talking too much um, in that process. Yeah. There can be a fear of like shooting your shot too soon, so to speak. And at the same time, uh, the faster you get them talking, the better. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Cause have you ever had that where the homeowner answers the door and gives you that look like, uh, what are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Like hurry up with this. Why are you here? Cut to the chase. Yeah. And those are the people that don't like the small talk at all. Yeah. At all. <laughs> They're just like, tell me why you're here. There's a video I did on on YouTube. In fact, we'll um, I recommend you watch it. I'll put a link to it up here when we publish this. It's called the 10 second pitch. If so, if you okay. search that, I can send it out to you afterwards. The 10 second pitch, and I was inspired to do that one because a gentleman reached out and he he said that uh, a guy answered the door and said, "I'll give you 10 seconds, go." And he's like, "What would I? What should I have said?" <laughs> Funny. Awesome. Right. Um, what questions you got for me, man? Um. Uh, I mean, she's, uh, I mean, not, I mean, not, I don't really know right now as, as far as questions, but, um, um, I, I know that, you know, in, in the time that I've been doing roofing, it's been uh, a year and a couple months. Um, and, you know, reading your book has, has done a lot of help because I was feeling like I was almost alone and, 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 you know, the feelings wise, uh, mental, mental health wise and stuff like that. So, um, I have gone through a lot of stuff and stuff like that. And, you know, that, that was one of my, that's also one of my biggest, um, I guess, you know, it kind of stops me from going out and getting it sometimes just because I'm going through certain things in life and it kind of just, you know, takes away from what I'm supposed to be doing sometimes. And I know that, um, you know, we can only control two things is either our thoughts and, you know, our actions. Um, 
but you know sometimes my thoughts kind of get over over on me so just you know it's just going through things in life and then kind of like that that's kind of affecting my work my work as well um but you know again like reading your book has has been a, a very great help um and, and and i'm you know reading a lot and and reading uh podcasts and stuff like that um but as far as uh as far as questions man i mean not not really too many questions as far as you know uh when it comes to you know uh I guess closing and stuff like that. I feel like I am a really good closer. I do have my pause, um, but it's just actually just, you know, getting those, getting those consistent, consistent leads. You know what I mean? Um, and, and being that I'm out there door knocking almost four to five hours, uh, you know, uh, a day. Um, and sometimes I do come home with, um, you know, with nothing, uh, probably a set inspection here and there, um, but majority recently has been, uh, has been, you know, either I'm setting an inspection through, uh, later on, uh, you know, later on throughout the week, or, um, I'm coming home with nothing. Um, and so I just want to, I guess, you know, just trying to figure out a way, I or figure out a way, you know, just to being out there. And I know it has to do with me most, most of the time, because I am aware, you know, I do have to put in the extra hours. Um, even from your book, I'm taking away, like, you know, just putting an extra two hours, um, throughout the day will get you know will get me there um but yeah it's just i'm i'm more of a you know going through my my you know it's just my feelings and what i'm going through in my day-to-day life um and kind of just i just want basically to just be you know at a at a constant level even though i know sometimes it's not because it's it's life ups and downs and it happens um but yeah it's just you know that's kind of what my struggle i feel like is is you know is at at the moment Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah and then, like I said, just, you know, being better as far as like my pitch um, at the door um, and uh, not talking too fast, not talking too long and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now at at, at the moment. Yeah. Um, one last thing on the tactical piece, and then I want to dive into this mental stuff. Um, I forget is Florida's a two-party consent state, isn't it to record or no? I, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, shoot, I just want to find a, I, I believe there's some platforms out there that will are compliant with two party states for recording that will blur out the prospect's voice. Um, it'd be really great, Aaron, if you could either have someone shadow you as well and, or find a way to legally record yourself. Uh, I've learned a lot from watching my own videos. I used to, um, I, I've, I, in fact, I shouldn't say I used to. When I got started, I didn't watch them because I hated it. And now I watch them all the time because I learn what I did well and I become my own worst critic and my own best coach. And it allows us to develop a deep level of self-awareness. So if you're not able to do that legally at the doors, which we do need to be compliant with our laws, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What you can do is do some role play and film yourself. And you're going to start to pick up on things like, holy crap, I had no idea that when I was pitching, I'd break eye contact and look to the lower left. And, you know, I noticed you doing that, but I also know that this is, we're doing role play on zoom. You're sitting, you're sitting down and, and, and we all know that in an office setting, when we're doing role play, we want to simulate as real world as possible, standing up, having the door there. So you'll pick up on all those cues. So I wanted to give you that on the tactical side. Now on the mental battlefield side, share with me what's going on to the extent that you're comfortable sharing. Cause you're not alone, man. We all have it. I'm going through my own stuff right now as well. And I want to hear what's going on with you so I can help. Um, it's more of a family. Um, 
I think this past past year I've lost, I want to say, a good handful of family members in my family. Um, so it's been my uncle, my two uncles passed away from my dad's side last year um, to lung failure. Um, and then I have two, one of my aunts is, is battling cancer. I had a cousin that got ran over by a truck not too long ago as well. Um, so it's just, it's been a lot of emotional, uh, emotional things going on. And I, I hate getting like this because I don't, you know, I don't like getting like this for, you know, anybody. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just been a lot of uh, loss, a lot of, you know, going through things with the family members, uh, you know, my my brother as well, uh, my mom. So it's just seeing them stressed out like that is is not really good as well. My little brother has epilepsy. So sometimes uh, in my day to work life, if I get a phone call, hey, I got a, a seizure, I need you to come pick me up from my job. I got to drop what I'm doing, rush over to him and, you know, go ahead and do that. Um, but yeah, man, she's lost a lot of family members in the past. Like, like I said, the past year, I've lost about a good five, um, getting ready to lose another one again, cause she's battling cancer. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, she's, she's, it's just been tough as far as with, you know, family. Um, I had a breakup not too long ago as well with one of my, you know, my ex-girlfriend and that wasn't easy as well. Um. So you know, she's trying to stick strong. She's trying to stay strong, and you know, like I said, she's she's being out there. But that has a that has a big toll right now in my life, and uh, yeah. it's kind of hard, you know. Dude, I'm really sorry to hear that. I can't imagine the grief with that amount of loss in a year stacking up and and juggling everything. And you know, when they rate, would they meaning like uh, psychologists will rate levels of stress, and the top ones are 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 death, divorces, or breakups, moves. I mean, you're, 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 you got a lot on your plate and the hardest part of this business is like, if you had a desk job, it's easy to just swallow that shit, like have a bad day and show up and be like, you know what? I can just get through. All I got to do is my little typey things and I'm done. And in this business, you know, we almost, it feels like I was actually just talking to someone last night on the phone on the way back from a speaking event who's going through a lot of really hor horrific stuff, who's another speaker. And um, this person says to me, I feel like I'm an actor sometimes. Like I have to show up and put on the act and do it, do it for the people I'm there to serve. And then when I'm done, I'm feeling like garbage again. And unfortunately it's, it's, I, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but it is a skill that we need to develop is to compartmentalize in some respect. Um, what, what's where otherwise the, the, struggles that we face become all consuming. And, you know, when we look at our, especially our loved ones, like looking down on us and asking ourselves, well, what would they want from me? And they're not going to want to see you. They're not going to want to see anybody um, letting life pass them by and being pulled from truly serving others. And you've got people to serve. You've got yourself to serve. You've got your brother to serve. And then you've got your customers to serve, you've got the team to serve, and then you've got your your future family to serve all from from what we're doing now. And uh, you know, I've I too have had to had to check life things to get up there in front of people and serve and remember that that you're putting on when you're going to work, you're putting on your servant hat. And your servant hat is to be there for others. 
And uh, as hard as it is when we're getting rejected and stuff, when you just can put on the servant hat, I know that's the number one thing I do when I'm depressed is I just start doing things for other people because it makes me feel good. It's like, I, I got to get out of my own. Otherwise I'll have my own pity party and, and I, it brings me nowhere. Um, so just remember, man, when you leave that house, like when you put your, cause I know you guys rock your, your AGU hats, like put it on and call it your servant hat. Like that's the the indicator of I'm going to work to be a servant. And then when you come home, take that hat off and, and let, let it all be, you know, go into where you want to get into, but just use that as that symbol to say, I'm here to serve now. And I'm putting that hat on and I'm doing, I'm doing what I need to be doing for, for, for everybody, um, as a servant. So that's, that's just one little thing that I've done. Cause I can't do it. I can't tell you how to not be sad. I can't tell you that, that life doesn't throw a curveball or hit you when it's down rain, when it's poor, like, I'd be full of, I'd be full of it. But what I can say is shifting into servant mode and just having that as that reminder, you know, for sure. So for sure. Thank you, man. I do appreciate your, your words and stuff like that. Um, yeah, definitely, man. That, that, that did a lot of uh, help and stuff like that. Um, yeah, taking a day one, one day at a time and, you know, remembering my why is, 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 is what I'm doing this for. So, yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, you gotta. Um, one other interview. There's an interview I did with a gentleman named Mitch, and uh, he's he's on the channel. Mitch was going through a divorce during the best growth time of his life, and for most people, you know, the weight of that breakup and and every. By the way, there's this isn't a direct comparison. Losing people, breakups, everything's different, right? Breaking up with a girlfriend versus a divorce, having kids. That that there's different layers of complexities amongst all these things, but the same. It, the one underlying thing is the emotional drain that's that distracts us. And Mitch was really inspiring to me to see someone that has gone through it and learned to kind of compartmentalize his work and his personal life in a in a healthy way to be able to grow through a divorce where most people are are the opposite, right? Everything struggles. Um, so that might be a good one to to hop in and and take a look at. Okay. Yeah, he did. He did two interviews, and I can't remember which one he was sharing his divorce. I did I interviewed him once about his first year. He made about one hundred seventy-seven thousand in year one. And there was that he nearly doubled his income in year two. That was the one. It was when he do- nearly doubled his income in year two um, by by working referrals. So give wow. that give that one a watch. But man, I appreciate you being so real with with uh, not only with me but with yourself because this industry like self awareness is what leads to growth and when we know what's going on no one's perfect i'm far from it myself i got plenty of things i need to get better on and i i too am not a saint when it comes to the mindset piece i need a healthy kick in the butt my wife's the one that gives it to me <laughs> so, um, <laughs> thank you man i, I really do appreciate yeah. you uh, adam yeah thanks for being here aaron thank you man don't go anywhere. Thank you for having me. As we come to a close, I just wanted to wrap up with a personal message, a quick ask and an invitation. First, I just want to say thank you so much for spending your very valuable time with me today, whether you were driving between appointments, working out or doing some chores like the dishes in the house. And if you've found any value in this episode or any others, if you've experienced personal sales breakthroughs or been able to give customers an even better experience on your journey to smashing your income goal, then I ask, would you please write me a review on the podcast platform that you're listening to right now? It'd mean the world to me. And thank you so much. Now for the invitation. 
If you're an owner or a manager or a sales rep who's currently not satisfied with the sales training platform that you're using, maybe you don't really have a formal training for yourself or for your team, and you're looking for that place to turn that might align with the values and have the team already bought in, then I'd love to invite you to learn more about how I might be able to help. Just the same way I've helped many, many thousands of folks just like you solve the very same sales problems that you're likely facing right now. And this platform is currently being used in every single state in the US by many, 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 many thousands from tiny companies that are just getting started to quite a few of the largest roofing companies in America. And it's one of the reasons that I've been selected as Owens Corning's official sales training partner. Now, inside this program, you're going to learn how to self-generate more leads without having to spend more money on marketing or rely on your company if you're a sales rep and learn how to overcome objections right there on the spot like that without the cat getting your tongue or getting caught on your heels. And you'll be using a system to be closing sales in the house confidently without coming across as salesy and without winging it in the house. And the system is lightning fast and I put my money where my mouth is and I back it up with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not satisfied, I'll buy it back from you. And it is a one time only investment. We don't rope you into monthly fees or annual fees buying the same stuff over and over again. Now, if any of that interests you, the best next step would be to get a demo. And that way you can see and decide for yourself if it's even worth it. And to do that is super easy. You can just text the word demo, D-E-M-O, to 303-222-7133. That's demo to 303-222-7133. Can't wait to tour you around, and thank you again for joining me on this episode, and I can't wait to tune in with you on the next one.